Welcome to the Potter's House North podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to go into the word of the Lord and my contribution right now to this series. uh, I want to talk about turning your anger into an asset. Turning your anger into an asset. Father, today I thank you for every person that's watching. I thank you for every single person, every married person. I thank you for every son, for every daughter. I thank you for the people that have accidentally stumbled up uh, on on our uh, platform, our social media platform today. And I thank you, God, that there is a word that is in season that's going to make us better. God, have your way and speak through me, speak through your word. Prepare our hearts to receive what you have to say, and we'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If y'all are standing for the reading of God's word, you may be seated today. Uh, I want to talk to you about turning anger into an asset. Now, if you watched and you tuned in last week, uh, I talked to you about our hope being on high alert. And I used James 5 and 8, and I really want to go back to that same book for this first message in our relationship series uh, because that particular book in the book of James, it was written to encourage people uh, who were under extreme amounts of stress and extreme amounts of pressure. Uh, And it was all because of the crisis that they were actually trying to live through. And whoever you are, and wherever you might be watching me from today, if you are a human being and you are under stress, then I can pretty much guarantee that your relationships uh, are probably under a little stress as well. And though James is a, uh, is, is a very short five uh, chapters and 108 verses all together from beginning to end, it is packed with tons of insight that we can gather and glean from, and it will be able to help us, I believe, right here, right now, in the situations that we are facing today. Uh, as a result, of the pandemic that we are living through, there are a lot of people that are dealing with anger. Americans in general, they are dealing with uh, a lot of anger and they're angry for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, I I really kind of experienced a little bit of that firsthand this week because uh, I actually was trying to text Rose and Rose's number came up and Rose's face came up and I text her and when I hit send all of a sudden there was this crazy message that came back to me and I've just kind of you know I just put my little uh, emoji up where your eyes are like hmm uh, because it was uh, it was not a nice message and I know Rose and Rose is always nice and so uh, you know as I as I, I, I sent that little emoji back to her all of a sudden here it's like somebody unleashed uh, the worst cussing out you ever got in your life and I was I was the recipient of that and so at that point I just picked up the phone. I'm like, we ain't texting no more. I'm getting ready to find out what's wrong with you. And uh, even though I knew it wasn't her, but I don't know how the wires all got crossed, but uh, 
I realized that this person that I had just sent this little text to about, hey, do you want me to bring home some macaroni and cheese to go with the pork chops? Uh, I, I realized, wow, they're angry. They're either angry or hungry or something, but um, uh, there was a whole lot of anger going on and it was coming back to me. People are angry today. They're angry for a whole lot of reasons. As a matter of fact, in an article that I read this past week um, from the Washington Post, it was actually an older article, but the, the writer said, made a statement and I thought it was worth jotting down. He said, uh, Americans are living in a big anger incubator. Americans are living in a big anger incubator. Um, so uh, for, for many reasons, we're dealing with the pandemic. Uh, we have a civil unrest uh, like we have not seen in America in decades. People are dealing with financial fallouts. They're dealing with losing jobs and losing homes and uh, losing all kinds of, of things. They're losing loved ones. They're, they're losing hope. And, and there's a whole lot of things going on. There are, there are uh, things um, that are happening in our nation that we have not um, experienced in a long, long time. And people, people are frustrated. People are dissatisfied. People are disgruntled. Bottom line is people are angry and you don't have to do anything to get them that way. People are already there. They're angry at public officials. They're angry at those that we have elected in, in offices. They're angry um, at, at our, our nation's COVID response uh, uh, team. They're angry because they feel like we could have not had to go through this or we uh, could have done better over here. And it's easy for us to say those things when we are not the ones that are actually having to do the job. But uh, I do, I, 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 you know, all of that has made people angry. There are some people are angry at the shutdown. Other people are angry because they feel like it was a political reason that we opened up uh, too soon. There, there's all kinds of stuff. People feel like their rights are being threatened. People are, are, are feeling like uh, uh, we're invading uh, or that, that, that the, the government is invading their space by telling them that they should wear a mask. And then other people are angry because I got a mask on and you don't got a mask on. And how come? And I mean, it's just one thing after another. People are angry at the uncertainty that we are feeling as we look toward our future. And although anger is not inevitable, unmanaged anger can become aggressive behavior toward other people. And especially toward children, which experts are, are saying that children who are at home with abusive parents right now, they are in increased danger. Um, and, and there are so many articles. I, I, just, I just read a bunch of articles. There are many, many articles. And uh, I, what I did was I just sat down and I Googled the phrase anger and the pandemic, which, and, and they just kept coming up, which tells me that uh, people are feeling quite angry. And so today, uh, if that's you, um, one of the good things about being at home is I, if I ask you to raise your hand, the rest of the church won't see you raise your hand. But today, if, if you're a person that's struggling with anger, I'm here to help, okay? I'm here to help you today. I'm, 
I'm your pastor, and uh, even if I'm just your pastor for today, and, and you kind of just stumbled on to, to our uh, a social media platform, our website, and you're watching, I'm here in your life to help. And I want to I wanna help you, number one, I want to help you understand where anger comes from. And I also want to give you some practical steps uh, from the Word of God that will enable you to reduce it in your life and in the life of other people. Now, at this point in the pandemic, this message is very important because we need to know that if you are feeling a little maybe um, short-tempered or if you're feeling a little bit irritable, a little bit uh, uh, just not yourself, and, 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 it, and you're in this particular season dealing with the pandemic, I want you to know that, that there is a measure of that that is normal, okay? Um, there's a measure of that that is normal. It's, we, are, we, are, we have been through a very tumultuous year, and so a lot, of, a lot of us can find ourselves rattled easy. We can find ourselves uh, almost quick to snap back. And, and to some degree, that is normal. Um, but there are, because it really, there are many reasons uh, if you wanted to start naming them for, for people to be angry. Uh, when you combine the factors of being out of work, when you add to that uh, living a life of quarantine, and when you add to that, now you're having to be the teacher uh, for your children. And then you add to that, not only am I the teacher, but I'm still working from home. And then you add to that all of the reports that come across the TV uh, about things getting worse as opposed to things getting better. And then when you pour into the mix of that, uh, the fact that we are in an election year like we have never been in in my lifetime, it can cause us to have a lot of heated emotions and uh, anger may be one of the most misunderstood and one of the most mismanaged emotions that we all have and 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 the wrong kind of anger uh, can can it, it can make you sick it is actually named in scripture as one of the seven deadly sins but I want to say to you today that not all anger is a sin. Sometimes the most uh, appropriate response to a situation is anger. The Bible tells us that God himself knows what it is like to be angry. He has experienced anger. And so that's how you and I uh, experience it as well. We are, we are made in his likeness and we are made in his image. If he had never been angry, then you and I wouldn't be able to feel what anger is like. But, but because he was angry, then we know that there is a place uh, for anger. Um, there, but, but let me say this, there is such a thing that is called uh, sinful anger. There is such a thing that is uh, no, uh, called wrong anger or unrighteous anger. And, and, and these are the types of anger that we must learn how to get a hold of because these types of anger, uh, if, if we continue to allow them to go mismanaged, uh, then we're going to have a problem because mismanaged anger is a sin, but managed anger can become an asset. Let me say it again. 
mismanaged anger is a sin. Make no mistake about that. But when you have managed anger, that can actually become an asset. The problem isn't the anger uh, uh, that, that you're feeling as much as uh, it is the inappropriate expression of the anger that we are feeling. See, typically we go to one uh, or, or two uh, extremes uh, or the other. We, I, there are people that when they get angry, they blow up. I mean, they blow up like, like a balloon. And then there are other people that when they find themselves angry, they clam up. So you got the ones who blow up and you got the others who clam up. Uh, we either stew in our anger uh, or we spew in our anger. Let me, let me kind of give you a little example of that. Um, when it comes to marriage, most of the time, uh, it, it, it is, uh, if you compared it to animals, uh, 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 turtles usually end up marrying skunks, okay? Turtles end up marrying skunks. And so in our marriages, you've got, you got one person who is a turtle, then you've got the other person who is a skunk. And when the turtle gets angry, what does he do? Uh, the turtle just crawls back into his shell and he just sits in his shell and he's angry. But when the skunk gets angry, they just stink up the whole place. Everybody knows that the skunk is angry. So one stuffs it and the other one spews it. And what needs to happen is anger because it's not going away it has got to be managed because when anger is managed it produces better marriages it produces better families it produces better friendships it produces better men better women better boys better girls it produces better business partners it produces better athletes it produces better leaders when it is managed we can all become better and ultimately, it produces a better way for us to live our life. So today, I want you to write these down. I'm going to give you six biblical principles that you can use to turn your anger into an asset. Are you all ready? I want you to write them down. If you want to take your anger and turn it into an asset, number one, you have to calculate the cost of uncontrolled anger. Calculate the cost of uncontrolled anger because uncontrolled anger always has a hefty price tag attached to it. And when you, when you actually start counting the cost of your uncontrolled anger, uh, it will cause you not to be so quick to just let your anger be uncontrolled because the last time that your anger got out of control, you paid a price for it. 
And so it is important that before we allow our, our anger to get out of control, that we start counting up the cost because uncontrolled anger is uh, something that is very expensive. Write this down, Proverbs 29 and verse 22 says that a hot-tempered man or woman uh, gets into all kinds of trouble. A hot-tempered man gets into all kinds of trouble. What, what do you mean by all kinds of trouble? Well, Proverbs 15 and 18 says it like this. Hot tempers cause arguments. So we're looking at arguments because we're hot-tempered. Proverbs 14 and 29 says that anger causes mistakes. Proverbs 14, I know I'm giving you a lot today, but Proverbs 14 and 17 says that people with hot tempers do foolish things. So here we are that we, we, we in those few scriptures right there, we just summed up that if, if, when you are hot tempered, you will have trouble, you will have arguments, you will have mistakes, and you will do foolish things. So can I, can I tell you today that whenever you lose your temper, you lose. I'm going to say that again. Whenever you lose your temper, whenever I lose my temper, I ultimately end up losing. What do we lose? We lose the respect of other people. We lose the respect of our children. We lose the respect of our friends. We lose the respect of our authorities. And if we're not careful, you can become so angry and so foolish that you ultimately end up losing self-respect. And so you, I've seen too many people lose jobs because of their anger. You, you are like, okay, well, I just ain't going to take that. I'm going to turn around and walk out of here today. I, didn't, I ain't got to take that. No, but you want a paycheck. And after about four or five jobs, you need to pause and say, okay, Lord, teach me how to deal with my anger. You could lose your job. You could lose your home. You can lose your status. Even, you can even lose your health if you don't learn how to control your anger. And, and, and let me just give you this as a little bit of a nugget today. Uh, let me say to those of you who are parents that are watching me, when you are frustrated, it's very tempting to motivate your kids through your anger. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it again. When you are frustrated, it's very tempting to take your anger and try to motivate your kids with that anger. Why? Because what happens is that anger, uh, it, it can work for you short term. I said it can work for you short term. Anger has a way of getting people's attention, resulting in, in, in a, a short-term payoff. But in the long run, you, we got to remember that anger in a parent creates three kinds of problems in children. It creates, number one, if you have anger, you end up creating anger in your children. You also create apathy in your children. And number three, you create uh, uh, alienation in your children because they get to the point that 
you know, they, they're too smart to talk back to you, but there's a whole lot of conversation that's going on in their head. And, and when they see you just blow up and go off in their head, uh, they're thinking, you know what, let me, let me just do what they want. Let me get, let me back up. And the next thing you know, there is a gulf between you and your child, and you don't know how in the world that gulf got there because of anger. Nothing destroys a relationship, whether it's a husband, a wife, a friend, an employer, whatever it is, nothing destroys a relationship faster than anger. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 11 and 29, the fool, yes, the fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. Let me read it again. The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. At the end of the day, if you continue to provoke your family, if you continue to take advantage of your position in your family and you use it against your children or against your spouse, at the end of the day, you ain't going to have nothing worthwhile. So anything that you're going to have, you're going to have to build. If you're going to have a good family, you got to build your family. And you know where it starts? It starts with us examining ourselves. So we must calculate the cost of uncontrolled anger. The second principle as it relates to moving your anger and turning your anger into an asset is this. You have to make up your mind to manage it, okay? You have to make up your mind to manage that anger. Now, when I'm saying uh, you have to make up your mind, what I'm actually saying is you and I have to make a deliberate decision. We have to say to ourselves, okay, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hurting them. I'm tired of hurting me. And I am choosing this day for things to change in my life. I am making up my mind that I'm going to manage this. And you know what? Quit saying that, that you can't control your anger. I'm going to say that again. Quit saying that you can't control your anger because the truth of the matter is you can control your anger. Quit saying you can't and start realizing and saying that you can't. Stop making excuses for being angry and start accepting responsibility for your reactions in those times where your anger begins to rile up. You don't have to go there. I'm going to say it again. You don't have to go there. Nobody is holding a gun to your head saying, come on, I want you to get angry. No, if you're angry and you're loud and you're tearing up everything, you know what? It's because you chose 
to be angry. The fact is that you have much more control over your anger than you want to admit. I said you have much more control over your anger than you want to admit. Okay, for instance, have you ever been in your house and you're in an argument with somebody and you're saying, let me tell you right now, I ain't got to, and all of a sudden the phone rings. The phone rings, let me tell you right now, I ain't got to, hello, hello, wait a minute, what was that? I'm glad you asked. You chose to change your tone and you chose, and the reason that you were able to change it is because you decided to change it. You made up your mind to manage your anger in that moment. Well, if you can manage it in that moment, then you have the same managing power that you could have used in the heat of all of that before the phone rang. Proverbs 29 and 11 says, a fool, we're back to the fool again, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. So what does that tell me? That tells me that anger is controllable. That tells me that anger is a choice. And when you decide or when I decide to get angry, that means we have chosen to get angry. But when we make up our mind that we are going to resolve that anger, which means that we are going to decide in advance uh, against that anger, then we can manage it. And if we'll ask God, he will help us manage our anger in that moment. Are y'all with me today? I hope this is helping you. Uh, the third Write this down. The third principle as it relates to turning your anger into an asset. This is a good one right here. You have to uh, reflect before you react. Reflect before you react. In other words, think before you speak. We've all been guilty of, of speaking before we think. But it would be wise if we would learn how to flip that thing and start thinking before we speak. Um, what, when, when I'm talking about reflect before you, you react, I'm, I'm saying uh, don't res uh, respond impulsively. Uh, what that means is selah. Have you ever been reading through the scripture and you'll see selah? That means pause and just be quiet. Pause and think about it. And this is where James really helps us because he says in James 1, 19 and 20, he says, understand this, my brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So James is teaching us in, in his book right here, he's teaching us how to live as Christians who are in a crisis. And, 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 and what he's actually saying here to us is that if you claim that God is your father and, and you have his DNA inside of you, then there ought to be something about us that wants to act 
like God would act. And so he's saying to us, if you really believe like you say that you believe, then there should be something that comes across in your behavior that resembles the Father. See, your beliefs are what determine your behavior. I said your belief, what you really believe, not what you just say you believe, but what you really believe in your heart is what dictates your behavior. So now when James talks to us right here, he, he does not, what I like about James is he doesn't just give us a rule for conduct, but he also gives us the reason for it, okay? He gives not just a rule how we should conduct ourselves, but he gives us the reason as to why we should do it like he says do it. And in, in this particular case, he is telling us, listen, I want you to be quick to listen, I want you to be slow to speak, and I want you to be slow to get angry. Well, why does James say that? Because that is the way that God handles us. Let me say it again. That is the way that God handles us. God is slow to get angry at you. He is slow to get angry at me. And if we are genuine followers of Christ, then there ought to be something in us that models that same behavior. And here is how you can do that and how you can model that. And James gives us three action steps, okay? And, and he's saying, if you want to control your anger, here's three action steps. Number one, be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. Uh, one of the best ways that you can diffuse a person's anger is by listening to them, okay? One of the best ways, if you ever find yourself in a situation where a person is exploding on you, one of the best ways to help diffuse their anger is to actually lean in and listen to them. I did not say, uh, while they are talking, you are trying to figure out in your head what you are gonna say back to them when they stop talking. No, that's not what I said. I, I said the best way to diffuse a person's anger is by calmly and genuinely listening to what they are saying because there is something about being heard. Just, just knowing that you are being heard that calms whatever it is that's raging inside of you. And, and, and when you don't feel like you're being heard, what ends up happening is you just become more and more angry. Listen, when you are angry, don't talk first. Just listen. Don't be quick to try to get your punches in. Don't be quick to try to get your jabs in. Don't be quick to try and prove your point. Don't be quick to try to share it. Well, I want to share my side of the story. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible, I'm helping somebody today. The Bible says be quick to listen. Listen. So we got to start changing our behavior and, and, and be quick to listen. Why does it say that? Because listening will calm people down. 
Listening will calm you down. Listening will calm me down. Listening has a way of soothing people's uh, anxiety. Listening has a way of relieving people from their fears and, and reducing their frustration. And all of those things right there are a path toward a better conversation. And so that's why we need to put these uh, in action in our life. So we need to reflect before we react. And we can do that by being quick to listen. And now here's number two. Another way we can do that is by being slow to speak. Slow to speak. Why does James say that we must be slow to speak? Because anger, uh, anger management or anger control is really often a matter of uh, mouth control. Anger control is often a matter of mouth control. And so you, you, you tame your temper by taming your tongue. That's good. You tame your temper by taming your tongue. And being able to manage your anger starts with watching your words, watching what you say. We're quick to tell kids, watch your mouth, watch, watch what you're saying. But as we, as we go on in our life and things provoke us, we're often quick to speak. And that's not what we're supposed to do according to the Bible. Proverbs 29 and 11 says, A stupid man gives free reign to his anger. This is, this is uh, another translation. It says it gives free reign to his anger. But a wise man waits and lets it grow cool. So, have you, have you ever heard the phrase, chill out? Well, you didn't know that came from scripture, did you? A wise man lets his anger grow cool. He's saying that delay can lead to diffusing your anger. And, and, and yes, it, it, what he's saying to us is I need you to chill out. You didn't know that chill out was biblical. But, but when we put time between us and uh, uh, the things that make us angry, what ends up happening is that we tend to calm down a little bit. So the first thing that James says to us is be quick to listen. He says to us, be slow uh, to speak. And the third thing he says to us is be slow to get angry. So by, by doing number one and number two, being quick to listen and slow to speak, you can automatically do number three, which is our, when you're quick to listen, when you're slow to speak, you will automatically become slow to get angry. James uses the word slow twice in these three action steps because he wants us to understand that we can stall and we can delay anger in our lives. Well, what somebody says, well, what do I do while I'm delaying it? Here's what you do. You analyze, you think, and you start, you process it, and you start thinking it through, and you start trying to understand your anger and why you have become so angry. Proverbs 19 and 11 says that a man's wisdom gives him 
patience. So the more understanding uh, that you have, the more patient that you will be. I'm going to say it again. The more understanding that you have, the more patient that you will be. So uh, the more I understand my anger, the more patient I will be with you and your anger. The more I understand me and my anger, the more I will understand my kids and their anger. The more I understand my, uh, my, my husband's anger, the more I will understand my husband. Are you following me? My, my, the more I understand my child or the more I understand my friend or the more I understand my employer or my coworker or my next door neighbor, the more, the, the, the more I will understand them as, as a person. So, so now, uh, while, while you are delaying and while you're in that stage of, oh, I'm about to blow up, but I'm doing my best not to, while you're trying to hold back your anger, what do I do? You ask yourself three questions. Here they are. I'm, I'm helping you today. You ask yourself three questions. Number one, why am I angry? Okay, why am I angry? Number two, what do I really want? And number three, how can I get what I want out of this situation? Blowing up and exploding on people rarely will be the way that you get what you want out of a situation. So what do we have to do then? We have to identify the root cause of our anger. Uh, typically, the root cause, uh, the root causes of anger are hurt, frustration, and fear. Usually, when you see somebody who is extremely angry, it's because one of those three are the root cause to their anger: hurt, frustration, or anger. And we need to remember this: that anger and insecurity often go together. Anger and insecurity often go together. So the more insecure I feel, the more angry I find myself feeling. So, so while you are being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry, you might ought to insert a prayer in the middle there, uh, like, like from Psalms 141 and verse 3 that says, Lord, help me control my tongue and help me to be careful what I say. Okay, so sometimes you got to interject that prayer while you're waiting. You got to say, Lord, I need you to help me because I'm trying to make an effort here not to go off on somebody. So number one, let's just do a little recap. Number one, we, the way we can move our anger uh, and turn it into an asset is number one, we calculate the cost of uncontrolled anger. Number two, we make up our mind to manage it. So stop saying that you can't because the truth of the matter is that you can. Number three, don't react uh, until you reflect. So that, that and, and how do you do that? By being slow to speak. I mean, I'm sorry. By being slow to, uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Here's the fourth step. This is the fourth step. This is how you can turn your anger into an asset. Here's what we got to do. Release your anger appropriately. Release it appropriately. See, the problem, we said this earlier, the problem is not anger. The problem 
is the unappropriate release of anger. Ephesians 4 and 26 says, if you become angry, don't let your anger lead you into sin. If you become angry, don't, let's say, we're quick to call other people out. Well, yes, he's, they're whoremongers and they're, you know, that's an adulterer right there. And, and yep, that's a liar right there. But can I tell you that the Bible says that anger can be a sin if we're not careful. It can, it's not necessarily a sin, but it can lead us into sin. So, so there may be times that your anger that the anger that you deal with uh, might be appropriate, but it's how that we handle that anger that determines if it leads us into sin. So what are you saying, Pastor Brady? I'm saying there's a right way and there's a wrong way to express our anger. There's a helpful way and there is a harmful way. Don't express your anger in a way that, that moves you further from the goal that you're aiming for. If you're aiming for that goal, don't allow your anger to move you further away from the goal, but allow your anger to motivate you closer to the goal that you are aiming for. You see, our hurts can't be healed and our frustrations cannot be resolved and our fears will not be relieved and we will never get closer to the goal if we release our anger inappropriately. So let me give you just a little nugget of truth right here. It is a myth to think that once I release my anger, I'm going to feel better. Well, I feel better now because I got that off my chest. Let me tell you something. That's a myth. That's a lie. Because research shows that anger produces more anger. Whenever you have anger, it ends up ultimately producing more anger. And aggressiveness produces more aggressiveness. And outbursts lead to more outbursts. Because what you end up doing is you end up developing a habit. And now it might have been just, I'm angry for a moment. And if you don't deal with that, now you find yourself being aggressive to people. And you find yourself just letting yourself have these outbursts and you end up now you've got a pattern going and you have developed a habit and that habit has got to be broken and you and I have the ability in the name of Jesus to break that habit in our life. Proverbs 15 and 1 says this, that a gentle answer quiets anger but a harsh one stirs it up. A gentle anger has the way, has the ability to quiet anger, but a harsh one stirs it up. Have you ever noticed that the louder you speak when you're in a disagreement, the more angry you become? The louder that you talk, the more angry you become. Well, well, well how, how's the best way then for me to deal with how I feel? Okay, number one, don't stuff it. Don't store it up. Don't suppress it. And don't 
and don't repress it because when you repress it, you are denying that the anger is there. And when you do those things, you potentially uh, put yourself in a position that your body becomes sick because all of that stuff is built up in you. And, and there is a word for repressed anger. You know what it is? Depression. Do you know how many people in America and around the world are dealing with depression? They're depressed because they've allowed th th themselves to repress anger. Don't express your anger inappropriate. Express it in an appropriate way because when you uh, uh, express it unappropriate, uh, it, it only ultimately makes you sick and makes you worse. So what do you mean, uh, Pastor Brady, ex don't express it in an unappropriate way? Don't expect, uh, express it in ways like sarcasm, okay? A, a lot of times people are sarcastic because they have a lot of repressed anger. And so when, they, when it hits them, uh, they'll repress something, but then something sarcastic comes out of, their mind, uh, out of their mouth. So when I hear people who are always sarcastic, it tells me that you have got a lot of repressed anger going on in your life. Don't, uh, 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 don't express it by... Uh, throwing low blows, okay? Low blows are for little people. People that are always throwing low blows might try to make you think that they're big, but the truth of the matter is they are very little. Don't express it by manipulating or, or by attacking or by pouting. Yes, yes. So that's the opposite extreme. You might be angry and so now you're going to manipulate people with your attitude because now you're pouty and you want everybody to ask you why and what's wrong with you. And now all of a sudden, I, it's, it's not my, it, it, it's my job to live my life and make myself happy, but now I got to make you happy because you walk around with a manipulative attitude that pouting or you walk around with a bully attitude and none of these behaviors will get you to a better place. The right way, I'm going to give you the answer now, the right way to deal with all of that anger that's going on in your spirit, there is a right way. You know what the right way is? Confess it. Don't repress it. Confess it. Admit it. And just say so. I'm angry. And the reason I'm angry, you, you name the cause. You put the cause, you, you name the cause right there. The reason I'm angry is not just because I'm angry, but I'm angry because I'm hurting. I'm angry because I'm frustrated. I'm angry. Because the truth of the matter is I'm really scared. I'm really afraid. You see, when, when you're angry at someone and you start expressing it in, uh, uh, unappropriately, what happens is that person becomes defensive. So if you're angry and you just kind of blow up on people, 
then what's happening is that person immediately puts up their shield. They put up their wall and they become defensive to everything that you say. But if you say, if you say, instead of saying, I'm angry at you and this is what I'm going to say and this is what I'm going to, if you look at them and say, not I'm angry, but I'm hurt, then immediately people little by little start dropping their defenses because it's easier to deal with each other when you're hurt and when you're frustrated and when you're battling fear than it is to deal with one another's anger. So the next thing, the next time things go crazy, don't just get angry. Just say, wait, wait, let me tell you this. This hurts me. So I'm not just angry, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with pain here. And it causes the defense to go down. Now here, this is very important. Here's the fifth one. The fifth way to turn your anger into an asset is you have to repattern your mind. This is very key here. It's key to permanent long-term change, okay? And long-term change is what's necessary because people that are around you, at some point, they get tired of putting up, walking around on eggshells every time they're around you. So we need change. We don't just need, we don't just need you to say, I'm sorry, because we done heard that. Hello? We need permanent long-term change because that's how we build trust in our relation if i think you're gonna flinch at me every time you get upset then guess what i don't trust you anymore and eventually i don't want to be around you because you are high maintenance and i ain't got time for that i'm trying to live life too i'm trying to survive too so if you want to be angry and go off, go somewhere else and do it. But eventually people get tired of that. And you end up losing something that's very important to you. Or someone that's very important to you. Why? Because you won't call yourself on the carpet. If you want permanent, long-term change, you have to repattern your mind. That means you got to learn to think in new ways. The way you express your anger right now, guess what? That's a learned behavior. Hello? The way you are expressing your anger right now, you learn to do that. Somebody modeled that for you. Might have been your mother. Might have been your father. But somebody modeled that behavior. The good news is that if you learned it, you can unlearn it. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to unlearn that way of that, that, that behavior because that is not pleasing to God. Romans 12 and 2 tells us that we can do that. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. Let God, let his word, let what I'm saying to you today, let it transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way 
that you think. So we have to repattern our mind. So, 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 listen, uh, you act angry. This is important. You act angry because you feel angry. And you feel angry because you think angry thoughts. Let's put it in reverse. I don't want to think angry thoughts anymore. So therefore, I don't feel angry. And the reason, and because I don't feel angry, I don't have to act angry. Did y'all see that? We're just flipping that around. You and I have the ability to do that. Your thoughts are determined by your emotions. And your emotions are what determines your actions. So if you want to break that spirit of anger off of your life, you have to recondition your mind. You have to retrain yourself and you have to repattern the way you think. And I just told you in Romans 12 and 2 that you have the ability to do that. And as you do that, you have, here's what is important. You have to understand that anger is contagious. I know that the coronavirus is contagious, but I also know that anger is very contagious. So if you are trying to deal with anger in your life, guess what that means? That means you have to stay away from people who are angry because Proverbs 22 and 24 says, keep away from angry, short-tempered people or you will learn to be like them. And we'll say it again. Keep away from angry, short-tempered people or eventually you, my brother, you, my sister, will begin to act like those people that you are around. That's why if your kids are hanging out with other kids who are angry, you need to pull your child back and say you can't hang out with that person because they are angry all the time. People in gangs, you got angry from the north, angry from the south, angry from the east, angry from the west, and they're all in one place because anger is contagious and it infects people. And hear me, parents, kids learn from models. Kids learn from models. Anytime, don't tune, don't tune me out because I'm almost done. Anytime that you lose your temper, you are modeling that behavior towards your kids. You are teaching them to be angry. And the shameful little secret in millions of homes today is that out of control anger is destroying our families. That's a dirty little shameful secret, but it's in millions of homes. It's in some of the homes that my voice is going into right now. Over the last year, one of the statistics says that 10 million, 10 million children were severely beaten by parents who could not control their anger. That ought to stun you. Proverbs eleven twenty nine 29 says, if you exploit 
or if you abuse your family, you will end up with nothing but a fist full of air. And when you grow old and you have no family because they have gotten big enough to walk away and leave, you will die a lonely man. You will die a lonely woman because when you had the ability to build infrastructure and raise up wonderful sons and daughters, you did not deal with your own anger. And now as a result, you have nothing in your hand to help you get through the later stages of your life because you didn't build it. Colossians 3.19 says, you husbands, you must love your wives and never, never treat them harshly. If this is going on in your family, it has to stop today. Do you hear me? It has to stop today. How do I do that, Pastor Brady? My final way to take your anger and turn it into an asset is to ask God to fill you with his love. Fill you, not just halfway, but ask him to fill every part of you. Every little hidden issue, every little hurt, every little frustration, every big frustration, everything that you have not dealt with yet in your life. Ask God's love to just come in and fill up every area because if you want to change from being an angry person to a peaceful person, if you want to change your anger and turn it into something that works for you and not against you, here is the secret for that. You have to say, Jesus, come in to my heart and fill every spot of me with your love. Because 1 Corinthians 13 and 5 says love is not easily angered. It's not easily angered. So if I am filled to the brim with God's love, almost nothing can make me upset. But if I am filled with anger, almost everything can make me upset. Romans 15 and 5, patience and encouragement come from God. And I pray that God will help you all agree with each other the way that Jesus Christ wants. See, God his will for our life is for us to live in harmony. It's for us to live in harmony. So if you're a husband today and you're hearing me, you need to make a fresh commitment to your wife, to your family. Pull them together 
and say, you know what? We're gonna all make a fresh commitment in the middle of this pandemic to manage our anger in this crisis. We're gonna take what is working for uh, against us and by the help of God, it's going to work for us. How do we do that? Go to the root cause, ask God for help, yield to him by breaking old habits and then model that new behavior until everybody around you catches on. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Streaming live at www.tphnd.org watchnow or through our Potter's House North app.